from our teaching time last week when we were in the middle section of 1 Corinthians 12, what we might call the sandwich position. Paul held before us a really powerful image of you and me, and that is the body. Just as our human bodies are one entity, but we have hundreds and millions and billions of cells and things all working at the same time so that the whole body could enjoy life. That is the image Paul gave us of the body of Christ, his church. That we are incredibly one by the working of the Holy Spirit in baptism and the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are incredibly diverse. Each of us, like the human body, are unique, different parts that God has woven into his story to edify and serve the whole. It was last week, in those verses in the middle section of 1 Corinthians 12, where Paul really wanted to stress these two points for us. You knowing that God gave you a spiritual gift for a specific purpose in his church. That means then that you are indispensable to the whole. And so today, last week we looked at kind of the outer big picture of the human body or the body of Christ. This week, we're going to go more specific into each of the individual parts and members. We want, through the series today, to create an awareness of your spiritual gift. This is important because look at this research in the church just this past year by George Barna. Nearly half of Christians, 47%, revealed that they were unaware of their own gifts. That's be like one in every two of us here. There's a tremendous need, as well as a deep desire for the church to partner with people in learning how and why God has gifted you. And so today, as we work to create this awareness of our spiritual gift, which reveals why we were reborn into the church of Jesus Christ, we're going to go back to Corinth, where we were last week. We're actually going to go back to the very beginning of the chapter, where a church that was very divided against itself and lots of strife. One of the reasons they were divided against themselves was because of their spiritual gifts. They elevated some spiritual gifts above others and that caused tension. And so Paul then writes these ensuing words. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. He has the same desire for us today. That as we talk about spiritual gifts, we are not uninformed. And Paul meant this because he devotes nearly a third of this entire letter 
of 1 Corinthians to making sure that we have an understanding of spiritual gifts in Christ's church. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 all talk about spiritual gifts. And then he reminds us, hey, no one is even able to say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. How many of you today sincerely in your heart believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and you intend by His grace to walk with Him every day until He calls you home? How many affirm that? Yeah, where did you get that? That was not self-generated in you or your choosing. Paul says none of us can say that Jesus Christ is my Lord. None of us can have that conviction or confession except by the Holy Spirit working that in our hearts through baptism and the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that you just acknowledge that is evidence that you have the Holy Spirit here because otherwise you can't confess that. And so because you have the Holy Spirit here, you also have a spiritual gift to share. Look now at these next words of the Apostle Paul. He's going to teach us about three truths regarding our spiritual gifts before he starts to list what some of our specific giftings may be. He continues in verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of workings but the same God working all things in everyone to each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit for the profit, the advantage, the building up of the whole body. Three big truths here before we look at what these gifts are. Paul said every spiritual gift comes from one and the same Holy Spirit's. He also showed us that the Spirit gives a diversity of gifts to His church. He said varieties of gifts, varieties of ministries, and varieties of workings. And so every Christian receives a spiritual gift to profit the body of Christ. He said to each one, to each believer is given a manifestation of the Holy Spirit to profit the whole. You know, one of the things I'm excited about this coming week, Lord willing, uh, is that my parents are going to be coming up from Florida. They live there year-round. I haven't seen my parents in five months because there's 1,200 miles between us. But one of the things I remember, even when I was a young runt, that when grandma and grandpa visited, they 
they always come with gifts for the grandchildren. <laughs> like my grandpa Roselle, when he would come and visit, <laughs> would always, for the three of us grandchildren, bring 50-cent roll of pennies. If you remember stuffing those things on both ends and trying to fold it, dimes were the worst. I had a hard time with my fat fingers getting the dimes in those. But he would always bring those 50-cent roll of pennies, or he would bring a 50-cent piece to his grandchildren. Or one time, I still have here, uh, I got a $2 bill from Grandpa. And then when I was older, I was looking back at it again. This is a special one because this one has red ink. The date is 1953 when they used red ink, not the green ink from 1976. So it was always just one of those special tokens that when grandma and grandpa came, man, they almost always have gifts. And so this weekend, I am sure, Lord willing, if my parents make it up here, I am sure that grandma will come bearing gifts, probably baked goods for the grandchildren. <laughs> the children, probably not as much. On a much higher level, the same is true of God the Holy Spirit. Every time God the Holy Spirit comes into a person's heart and life, he always comes with gifts. And so he, when he came into your heart and put faith in Jesus in you, he also came with a very special gift so that you, through that gift, could serve this entire body of Christ. If you are curious about what some spiritual gifts are or even what your spiritual gift might be, well, let's just keep reading. Here's where Paul lists some of the spiritual gifts. Maybe you have one. Paul says, through the Spirit, to one is given a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge, to another faith, to another gifts of healings, to another workings of abilities, or we might say miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing spirits, to another kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. And then at the end of the chapter, God himself has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then abilities or miracles, then gifts of healings, helpful deeds, administrating, and kinds of tongues. It's quite a list of gifts. Let's just put this all together in a package before us. These are just some of the gifts that the Spirit brings into the church of Jesus Christ, and maybe you have one of them here. We'll talk about more next week that are not on this list when we look at Romans 12. But we'll just quickly work through these. To some, Holy Spirit gives the spiritual gift of a word of wisdom. Could be a particular word about the cross of Jesus or the plans or purposes of God or proclamation of the gospel. To others, it's a gift of the word of knowledge. Maybe it's a special uh, intellectual word in a difficult situation the church is facing, or maybe it's a particular way to articulate the gospel clearly. There's definitely overlap here. 
But Paul lists it as one of the gifts. Also there you'll see the gift of faith. This is different from saving faith because every believer has the gift of saving faith in Jesus Christ. But Paul seems to mention that some have a special gift of faith, uh, sort of a, a big conviction in God, a firm trust that allows them to persevere in the face of a great challenge like Daniel in a lion's den. But the conviction that God is sovereign and God is here in grace. Others, he says, have the gifts of healings. I put an S because in the Greek they're both plural. Meaning I think Paul is saying there are many different kinds of gifts of healing. Not all of them have to be miraculous. Some of those, I think, can be extended period of time. Others might be more immediate. Some might work through medication. Some might be more direct. Does it always have to be some big, astounding healing? Nor do I think that there's a permanent endowment of a person with healing because then I think the temptation would be to just find out Go seek one of those TV healers rather than seeking God, the healer. But these healings all point to the full healing that will be ours on the last day when Jesus comes back. And our mortal bodies will be raised from their graves, perfectly healed to live with God forever. Paul also mentions some have the gift of workings of miracles. The power of the cross continuing to drive back this reign of a fallen world and can manifest themselves in some remarkable way. Paul mentions some have the gift of prophecy and biblical prophecy in both testaments. There was foretelling, which was future events. Most of the prophecy was forthtelling, speaking a word of God today, to the situation today. I think the same is true with prophecy. God might put a prophetic message in a believer's heart to speak to God's people in that moment. But this word, this prophecy, is never revealed Scripture because we have our 66 books. To others, Paul mentions the ability to distinguish spirits. We are in a spiritual war every single day. On one side with God, there are holy angels who do his bidding and serve us. On the other side, they are led by a very fierce enemy, Satan, all these angels and demons who want to thwart the will and purposes of God here and try to get us back. Paul mentions the Holy Spirit and his wisdom gives some believers this ability to distinguish. This is a holy angel. This is a demonic presence. I know of two Christians who have said they have this ability and another trusted pastor who said there was someone in his church that had this as well. Why is this important to the church? Because remember that the demonic angels like to disguise themselves as light. And they like to deceive with false teachings and can even work miracles to deceive those. 
And so God gives a gift to help distinguish and see clearly. This next one makes our denomination really uneasy. <laughs> Kinds of tongues. This is not a foreign language because it would not need a special translator. You could just do Google Translate. But there seems to be some kind of special language the Holy Spirit gives because for the next gift, the Holy Spirit also gives the gift of interpreting that tongue. And that gift, that tongue can only do two things. Praise God or edify His church. We'll talk more about these miraculous supernatural giftings in week seven of the series. But now we're just acknowledging. Paul also mentions the gift of apostles. Those were eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ and his life and teachings, death and resurrection and ascension. I do not believe today that in the strict sense of the term there are apostles in the church. He mentions though prophets. Like we said, the gift of prophecy, not revealing any new scripture, but speaking a word that bears light to the people of God and what they're facing today. The gift of teachers, spiritual teachers, very much connected with a love for God's word and teaching, expounding sound doctrine to his people. I think this gift is very closely tied to the pastoral office of preaching and teaching. The next one is a little tricky, helpful deeds, because this word is only used once in the entire New Testament. So we don't have a lot to go on, but it seems to be a very general blanket term, some kind of spiritual gift of helping, ready to step in and attend the physical and spiritual needs of the church. The last one on our list today is the gift of administrating. The Greek word behind this is actually used for piloting or steering a ship. So to some in the church, the Holy Spirit gives this incredible gift of leadership to help navigate the waters and where the church of Jesus Christ is headed. As we look at this list, again, we acknowledge this is not exhaustive. Right? There are other gifts mentioned in Scripture we'll look at as the series continues. Secondly, I think it is possible for a Christian to have more than one gift, but that's not absolute. And third, I think that we need to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit, who is Lord of these gifts, can add gifts that aren't listed as He desires and deems. He could also cause a gift to stop if He wills and deems that. We cannot put our God in any kind of box. But what is most important, Paul says, as we consider our spiritual giftings, is not what particular gift we each might have as they were squabbling about which gifts were higher than others, but to remember verse 11 at the end of the list. All of these gifts, the one and same Holy Spirit is working in Christ's church for he is distributing to each believer individually as he is desiring. Maybe this is your first time kind of hearing about spiritual gifts, and that's okay. 
My next question is, how do we respond? What are five things we can do in response to this word of God that we have just heard today as we raise this awareness of our own gifting in the body of Christ? One, I invite you, encourage you to spend time this week in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and 1 Peter 4, where the different gifts are listed. As you're spending time there, pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to give you an awareness of your spiritual gift so that you can grow it and put it to work in the church. Take a spiritual gift inventory. We have that for you. We passed these out last week. We have more of them just out there on the table. It's a spiritual gift inventory. There's a website link as well as the password there. It takes about five to ten minutes. It can be a great family time together to share and then just have conversation. You know, it will rank from the, some of the spiritual gifts that we know in Scripture where yours might be. I would also invite you to consult with a Christian who knows you well. Maybe it's a spouse, a godparent, a parent, a dear friend, a mentor, but someone you could say, you know, do you, what do you observe in me? Do you notice any kind of particular thing as you're, you've been around me or with me over the years? And lastly, some questions to reflect on that can help discern what your gift might be. What do you enjoy doing for the Lord and His church? How have others complimented you in ministry? What ministry burden or passion has God given you that just won't go away? Is there an area of church life that has really spurred your growth? These could be indicators of your spiritual gift. What kingdom need is God prompting you to meet? And is there a faith or ministry or church area that just supercharges you, gets your blood going and pumped up? That could very well be a strong indicator of how the Spirit has gifted you. Spend some time looking over those. And I would encourage you to be vulnerable. Be vulnerable to what God may reveal to you about why you are reborn into this church of Jesus Christ. Because you are here. He's brought you here for a specific reason and a way that we need you and you need us together. Amen. For here in practice questions later, we'll throw this one back up on the screen. Uh, you can take a picture of it so that you can continue to meditate on that and reflect this week.